Oh, this week on Two Dynamite Dudes, Marcus and I discuss Jungle Boy battling that hair-pulling Kenny Omega for the AEW title, the surprise appearance of Conan and him being attacked by FTR in defense of Santana and Ortiz, the announced coffin match between Ethan Page and Darby Allin, and Hangman Page kicking off the evening with none other than Powerhouse Hobbs. All this and more on Two, Two, Oh Who? Oh, it is Two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. DominicDangeloRussellZone.com. Today's date is June 26, 2021, and it is a live, we are live, live version of two, two who? Two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. Now you don't see my degenerate brother Marcus here at this moment. He's on his way, but I needed to start this thing because uh, Facebook was going to run out. So thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, if you want to join in on the conversation and talk what you thought about Dynamite, that title match that happened, and uh, the opener, that all that stuff, it was a pretty, uh, there's some good and solid stuff on there. I'm interested to get your guys' perspective. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at 2DynamiteDudes, number 2DynamiteDudes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow Marcus, my degenerate brother, on Twitter at Marcus P. D'Angelo. Um, so give those a sign in. And uh, we got Marcus on the queue right now. Marcus, hey, welcome to the show, brother. You're own hosting the show. You fucked up. Why? What happened? Well, I had to start the show before ten ten, and you got here at ten oh nine. But I I didn't want to push it to the limits. So uh, before we lost Facebook, so I had to take matters into my own hands. And there we are. You know. Oh hey, fair enough. Uh, hey guys, thanks for joining us. Oh, there's the graphic. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Show well, up. welcome everybody. Kevin, we're doing good. Nesha, thanks for joining us. Steven, always good to have you guys in the chat. Really, yeah, yeah. really excited to uh, discuss uh, what was a pretty exciting episode of Dynamite. Am I right? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I, you know, um, wasn't my favorite, I would say, but I thought it was a pretty good show. Yeah, there was um, some definitely some good aspects. That main event was really well done. Like overall, the matches I thought were pretty good. Like, um, I, I mean, I mean, there is no denying that this episode, like, it certainly has outdone the episodes of late. I think it's been like the past two, maybe three weeks where I've been like, ugh, you know, just very unimpressed overall with the episodes. But uh, but now, man, uh, they're coming out with a with a nice solid one. And dude, let's let's jump right in here. Um, you know, I know we can. Aaron, what's up, man? Thanks for joining us. Um, I know that we can, you know, certainly point to the main event. But like, let's just let's just start off with the damn opener, Dominic. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Hangman Page. What a throwdown of a match! Yeah, dude, it was a nice starter. Like, I really let, like. I mean. I think if we're to choose a highlight match for Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs so far, this would be it, right? Like, I think he just did a very good job uh, at playing a heel, like classic heel work. And they're like working the right arm and focusing on the right arm of, of Hangman throughout the match. And just like kind of having that presence of being like this nasty, nasty dude that's that's really taking it to an established talent like Hangman. But then ultimately like Hangman fires back. And then at the end too with the uh, FTW title, 
like Hobbs using showing his willingness to use the FTW title as a weapon when uh, Brian Cage wasn't like that. So it just really plays into that and how I, I like his whole vibe of uh, epitomizing Taz or like, you know, having that, you know, orange and black look and all that stuff. I think well, Powerhouse Hobbs is just a really, really good presentation right now. And uh, this was a good presentation of both those guys in this match. I, I completely agree. And yeah, it you know, the the feel of the of the match, you know, I wrote here as I was taking notes, you know, this is the kind of match the match that down the road, like we could be kind of previewing a future sold out main event. Like these two are both breakout stars just right there, that close to being like upper echelon guys. I, I think the powerhouse Hobbs was incredibly impressive in this in the showing. These two came out, Dominic, and it reminded me of like being at the bar and it's like near the end of the night and like a fight starts starts to break out and both guys are like chirping at each other. Like that was the feel of this of this fight where you're like it's you start feeling that electricity like oh shit okay I'm, I'm about to see like a fight. Okay. And yeah. like you you like kind of settle in for the, like that's how that was like the vibe that those two start out with. And Powerhouse Hobbs getting some really really nice heat off the crowd during Yeah, this. right? He was. He was doing a really good job. And I think that that also helps that the crowd's so behind Hangman too. No doubt about it. I I think that both of them look great. I think the powerhouse Hobbs kind of stood out, though, Dom. Um, I think that, as you said, this is the the best he's done thus far in uh, in AEW, and it showed. Let's let's read a little bit. DJ saying for a Saturday night episode, it was uh, he was impressed. He's saying great job to Tony Khan. Nesha is saying, yeah, the earlier time made it a lot better, and I could not agree more because doing one of these live shows at midnight after one of those ten o'clock shows. A brutal. Oh, it's tough. I, you got to think of me too. I'm uh, usually those when I'm doing those ten o'clock shows. Next morning, I got to be up at five thirty to go to my other job. Brutal. So, uh, brutal. Steve Steven's waiting for the big old, uh, you know, very black and white quit of Brian Cage. I think it's it's all but done oh, now, right? Yeah, look, I mean, look at what with Ricky Starks, that whole angle and stuff. Um, it's happening. I mean, I'm, I've as far as I was concerned, like okay, it happened. He's out of F, you know this group, uh, Team Taz. It's over. Yeah, I don't think it's super official yet, but it'll happen. It's gonna happen. Um, um, hey Dom, I, I I think we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, discuss the little incident during the uh, opening match. To uh, Hangman Page and Powerhouse Hobbs were working on the outside of the ring. Page had a hold of uh, Powerhouse Hobbs' arm and he put his foot up on the post. Uh, and looked like he slipped uh, because Powerhouse Hobbs' arm was too sweaty. Bashed his head, I think, on the ring Ooh. stairs. Yeah, well, yeah, he was bleeding right from that from the head. Yeah, it. yeah so I, I think he really, really uh, smashed his head on the ring stairs there. I'm uh, I'm glad he's okay because um, yeah, that it was kind of like a scary moment when he stood up where you saw the blood basically immediately. And I was like, oh, man, this is like this is one of those things where about five minutes from now he could realize he has a concussion and uh, it, it might not end well. But he held his own. He toughed it out and uh, went really well. Hangman has been going the hard way <laughs> quite a bit recently, right? And uh, that one was not on purpose. No, uh-uh. you can even see Powerhouse Hobbs like kind of trying to cover for it. Like he took his hand afterwards and like wiped it on himself. Like, oh, OK, yeah. well, I'm a little sweaty. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, both guys did great. Uh, mm-hmm. Dominic Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, breakout match for him. Uh, yeah. he, and it was a loss, but he didn't have to win. It was great. And it also adds to uh, Hangman Page's like resume, you know, those yeah. kind of matches too, you know. Uh, Dom, oh, I'm sorry. I'm I was sorry. just gonna say, no, like, no. Where, you're, where you're just seeing uh, seeing that the champion, the future champ go on his journey kind of thing. I think it just adds to that. 
no doubt about it. Uh, I think that he might be the guy to uh, to take down Kenny Omega here. I think that yeah, I think that's it, man. I think he's going to be the guy. Well, um, DJ mentioned it, uh, so let's just jump right in yep. to, uh, to the other uh, pretty enormous segment here. Dominic Conan came out as kind of a representative for uh, Proud and Powerful. Mm-hmm. And Dominic, he was face-to-face in the ring with Tully Blanchard, a feud that I've been building in our other podcast, WCW Rewritten. Is that a field you've been building too? They've been in the ring together. Yeah. In, well, in no, I world. did think about that. I did think about that. How about that? Man. Maybe somebody's taking notes. <laughs> Tony Khan listens to all of our podcasts, Dominic. All two of them. All, the, all <laughs> two of them. All two of them. Um, Mark, what did you think of this segment? I thought it was great. Uh, Conan looked visibly nervous. I think this is the first time he's held a mic uh, in front of a, a you crowd nervous, on national television. Yeah, he was. He was. He was very shaky. Uh, out there, but he did great. I thought he did an excellent job. He delivered all of his lines perfectly. But like, kind of telltale, telltale was he would like hold his finger out, and he was, you could see him like kind of shaking. It's like, man, I'd be nervous too. Maybe that's yeah. not nerves though. Maybe that's just the uh, getting older. I don't know. Maybe I mean, you know, it's, hey, if if it was nerves, who cares? He's on national television. It's it's nerve wracking. Been a while. Yeah, it, it has been a while. Um, but yeah, I I thought it was cool. I thought it was a great segment. Um. And, uh, you know, they both kind of built the match even further, made it made the match even more interesting for me, where it's just like, OK, like, you know, they're backed by a legend uh, or FTR is backed by a legend. Pr- Proud and Powerful is backed by a legend. Like, man, whose whose team goes over here? Um, and by the way, Dominic, that swerve at the end, I, I bought it like you a bought it. I bought it like a total mark when they Did came you? out. I was like, "Oh, sweet! They're doing their dead presidents thing." Like I saw the faces. I was like, "Oh, that's that's dope!" Like I got really excited about it. And then he saw him laid out, and I, like a complete fucking mark. I was like, well, "Who is that?" Like I, I didn't buy. I was like, "Let them lay it out." Like who? who it's like FDR. I'm like, "Fuck, of course." Uh, but yeah, it was it was cool, man. Uh, and Conan taking a bump. Yeah, I was, dude. I was he, after having he had coronavirus. Uh, he was real, real sick. Uh, over the, like, I think it's, uh, it was either the early part of 2021 here. Yeah, it was the early part of 2021. He was real, real sick. And, uh, so I was pretty shocked to see him take that. But Martin, Nesha is saying it scared her, scared her to see Conan take that bump. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a little bit nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie, but you know, he did it and, uh, and it was, it was something else, man. Yeah. Uh, and he's really good on the mic. Like, I mean, it's just like, I've seen him cut promos for MLW and stuff. And um, it's just like, he does, he hasn't missed a beat. Like the neat thing about Conan is he can, he kind of pushes the the edge of what to say too. You know, he goes right to the edge of the cliff. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, I, well, that's what, but that's what made, that's what made him him, you know, is that kind of uh, vibe and attitude uh, in the NWO. He added that fresh young kind of vibe to the NWO I felt. And then like, you know, he's still like, he's still doing that. So it's kind of, it's really, yeah, he's just, he lives his gimmick basically, you know, and it's good. It's good stuff. Uh, Dominic DJ is asking, anybody else notice that Conan came out to the uh, LAX team from Impact Wrestling? I didn't. Yeah. Well, I did notice that. I kind of just notice it more from as he comes out to that, I think also in MLW. So I well, and and you know, there's an affiliation with Impact, so I'm sure that you know nobody's going to mind if they're using some of it. The, might not even be hit. Like he might have got it made himself. You know, who knows? Yeah, maybe it was a Conan thing, and he was letting yeah. Impact use it. It might be his because I think I'm really positive. I think I've heard that 
in MLW too. Well, either way, great segment, great way to build heat. Uh, yeah. I want FTR to go over just because I love those guys, but I think that uh, Proud and it's Powerful. A, it's so such a tough people. thing though, man, because we talk about how how much Santana Ortiz need like a a win and all that stuff. So I don't know, man. I don't know. It's tough. Hey, James Espanto Fernando Taguay is here. Hey, thanks. Thanks for the plug, James. We always appreciate yeah, thanks, it, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, and, uh, all right, well, let's, let's hammer on Dominic. A promo that I wasn't crazy about, uh, was the, uh, was the young bucks thing. I actually, was wondering about that. Actually, it was an okay promo. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it up. I, I thought they did fine. And by the way, like as heels, they're like, I want them to lose, you know? So they're, they're, they're getting over with me as far yeah, as just, huh? like being heels. Like it's working. I don't like them. Um, but weirdly, did anybody else notice that Matt Jackson was doing like the old school eighties wrestling voice during that, where it was like that raspy, like very put on, like over the top, fast talking, you know, uh, it was just weird, not his natural speaking voice. Um, and I was like, what the fuck is he doing? And like, so that also, that also got heat with me. I'm like, what is with this fucking idiot? Like, I can't wait to see them. Uh, and and I was like, and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. They've, they've held the, the tag team titles longer than anybody. Gross. You know? And so like, I started again, just being a complete mark about it. Wow, man. So it's like, Hey, I guess it's working. You know, Saturday night's your night to get marked out. <laughs> I guess so. Usually I'm on my game, Dom. Yeah. Wow. No, I, saying, how about those outfits uh, with the Bucks tonight? Yeah, I like the outfits. All the earrings and the chains. Like, and Nick Jackson had like three chains on his fucking hat and like on his ear. <laughs> Just like in the, yeah, dangly earrings that Matt Jackson had. It's, they're really embracing the um, going over the top. Uh, I, I very much enjoying it. I think, uh, I think it's good stuff. Yeah. Well, Just, it, you know, and it gets, it's been getting heat with me. So they're doing it, dude. And then Nick Jackson just clucking like a chicken at the end for no reason. It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Nesha is saying that they look like pimps. Yeah, they they look like like uh, rich, you know, like rich white kid pimps. You know, like like kids. bad guys, rich, white <laughs> guy, bad guy pimps from the eighties. Yeah, they're like they're like they're like pimps on, but they do all their work from a yacht. They're part of like Joker. Uh, Joker, Batman's Joker, nineteen eighty nine. Jack Nicholson's Joker, part of his fucking gang. Yes, like those privileged kids from the suburbs type mm-hmm. pimps. It's hilarious. Um, and uh, Dom, he's uh, DJ's moving on to uh, Dante Martin and Matt Seidel, and I think that that's that's the perfect place to go. Um, yeah, it was good. And by the way, how about a you know a nice way to uh, set up uh, Andrade El Idolo? Um, and Matt Seidel, it's, they've made it pretty clear that that's going to be Andrade's be first time. match. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of bummed they didn't. I mean, it was kind of WES-esque in a way where they're like, we're going to, oh, we have an announcement to make. And then it gets, the rug gets pulled out from under us like that. I, I wasn't too big on that, but uh, I am intrigued to see how uh, Andrade and Seidel go on, you know. Absolutely, it's a good starting program. Oh, hang on, I'm I'm being a very unprofessional, Dominic. Uh-oh. My uh, my humidifier. Uh oh, it always makes a run in. That's like the third dude in Dynamite dudes is the air dehumidifier. Yeah, um, the, the, the my dehumidifier is my third man. <laughs> Who's the third man? <laughs> what, what side is it on? <laughs> uh, it's uh, you rotten hell. Um. Anyways, anyways, where James were we? says uh, the Bucks look like uh, trust fund kids from Thousand Oaks. <laughs> That's a perfect way to put it. Yep. 
Yep, right. just those rich white suburb kids out there trying to be gangster. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in any case, uh, yeah, Matt Seidel, awesome. Dante, also awesome. And Dominic, come on, cruiserweight division, let's go. Marcus, I mean, we haven't even talked about this. Is the WWE releases that occurred this past week? Uh, you know, uh, several talents. Uh, the notable ones, the big notable ones, are Killian Dane, Tyler Breeze, um, and uh, Fandango. But there was also several cruiserweights that got released uh, from their 205 Live brand. Which, Marcus, were you aware of WWE's 205 Live brand? Uh, I'm yes, aware of it. Uh, did I ever watch it? No. Did you know it was still active? I did not. Okay. Well, it was active, but I, only on the network, I believe. And, um, you know, they had kind of almost exclusive talent like that they used on there. Um, if you maybe had to label them, they might have been part of the NXT brand, but they strictly wrestled on 205 Live. Well, majority, a good deal of them got released. Uh, from Aria Divari to uh, August Gray, better known as Anthony Green, to uh, Tony Nice, And I think there might have been another one. My Kurt Stallion, Kurt Stallion was the other one, and uh, so four talents out of there, and um, they were right in the middle of everything. <laughs> well, point I'm kind of getting at here, and we can maybe elaborate a little bit more later on the show about uh, certain talents getting released. But point I'm kind of getting at is uh, WWE is kind of doing away with the cruiserweights division there. Hey, let's let's just talk about it now, Dom. You know, we're we're on the subject, so we might as well discuss. Well, my the point I'm trying to get at is this would be the time to strike for AEW to do cruiserweights. No question about it. Um and it, honestly at this point it's kind of silly not to do it. Um they've got all these talent. Uh we're seeing the reactions like this match for example, a cold match between Dante Martin who has barely had an any TV time, let's be honest, and Matt Seidel who's mostly been doing jobs uh occasionally getting over um on national TV. Uh but they came out and we they got the this is awesome chant, you know, and and it was it was a great match. There was very little silliness um in this match. They were both very smooth and fluid in their movements. Uh it, it just it looked great. And so it's like just imagine the the combinations you can use. Just imagine the inaugural uh cruiserweight tournament. You could have a sixteen man cruiserweight tournament. Hell surprise us with some of the entrants, you know. Yeah. Say like Matt Seidel's taking on question mark and out comes the Aria Divari. You know, so it's uh, there's just so many different directions you can take this thing in. Um, to me, it is it's it would be a huge missed opportunity not to do the cruiserweight title. Tony Khan, clearly you're listening to both of our podcasts. Just do a cruiserweight title. Give us a <laughs> give us a tournament. I know I know uh, people say tournaments are boring. I don't think so. So uh, let's just do it. I love tournaments, man. I think uh, tournaments are so fun. We did that all the time with the, when we were growing up. Yeah. And, and think of like the the legends that are still active that you could bring in. Like maybe we could get Laparca in there for one night to do a job for somebody. I Hooven not anymore though. Huh? Laparca is not a cruiserweight anymore though. He never was in the first place. He was well, always enormous. Marcus, Marcus, yeah, but he's he's a bigger dude now. It's fine. Hooven to Guerrero. You could do his sons, El Hijo de Park, definitely. Sure. There you yeah. go. But you know, bring in Sin Cara. He can do a job yeah. for one night. Uh, the original Sin Cara, that dude who everybody disliked after they got to know him. Um, it, I, I just think that there's so many different directions you can go in. There's so much fun that could be had. Oh, the Sing Brothers, they were the other ones, too. Yeah. They were the other ones that got released. A lot of different directions to go in. And Dominic, a uh, direction that you and I talked about while we're on the subject of releases was uh, 
One guy that I know I would love to see in AEW, uh, who is recently released. How about Tyler Breeze? Yeah. Yeah. How about how about joining his buddy there, Sean Spears, as a member of the Pinnacle? Or Dominic, you and I discussed another angle that would be absolutely perfect for him if you want to tell the folks here about it. Yeah, so we were kind of discussing like you were just you you were like, Hey, yeah, what if they brought him in like uh, with his old buddy Sean Spears? And I was like thinking at first as a team, but then I was thinking, well, it be, but kind of be cool if he was like an adversary to them. And but like he's almost like uh this thing where he completely changes his look. You know, whether he shaves his head, grows a beard, or both. And then you, when you said that, that prompted me to say, like, wait a minute, his hair is kind of like his signature. So how cool would that be if it's just like he was like this pretty boy, like this model type in WWE, and he got let go. He got snubbed by the biggest company in the world. So he, like, he goes into this, such a deep depression, or he has, like, a nervous breakdown, and he buzzes his head. Yeah. Um, buzzes his hair off and he comes in and you said like Madonna Vogue with like the dripping eyeshadow. Yeah. Like, well, that kind of vibe going on where it's like, um, like the perfect analogy from wrestling would be, uh, doink when he left WWE and was like Matt born again in ECW, you know, you could kind of do have that kind of thing where it, Tyler Breeze was, you know, the selfie taken, you know, all that kind of thing, you know, where it was a cool, fun, WWE gimmick that really, really could have got over if they utilized it right, but they didn't. And so, uh, well, look what happens. <laughs> I, I, I think it could be a really cool angle for somebody like him. Give him a new uh, paint of coat, as Bruce Pritchard likes to say. Um, yeah, I just think it could be a lot of fun. Let's read a couple of these, Dominic. Yeah, we got a good, good amount of comments here. Um, yeah, uh, DJ says Ray Phoenix can get involved with the tournament. That'd be cool. No um, doubt. He should, he should be their first champion. Oh, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, since WWE used 205 gimmick, I didn't understand why WWE rebranded the division in the light heavyweight division, similar to UFC boxing division that people are for. Maybe AEW can do it. Yeah. Like, I really like the term junior heavyweight. I mean, I think there comes a term, there comes a line of, you know, people are like, oh, junior. And a lot of people don't like, you know, older wrestling promoters maybe didn't necessarily feel that way. But I think that's a cool name. I, I'm just a fan. I mean, Marcus, me and you being WCW guys, I think we're more to lean toward the name Cruiserweights. Yeah, and it sort of fits, you know, like the whole like cruiser sort of uh, implication, which is why I believe Eric Bischoff uh, picked it in the first place. You know, like cruiserweight is obviously like a weight class uh, designation, just like something like welterweight or bantamweight or whatever. But uh, I think that Eric Bischoff chose cruiserweight because it sounds like, yeah, these guys are like cruising all over the ring, you know? Uh, fun fact. Do you know who coined the term cruiserweight? Who? Terry Funk. No shit. Terry Funk did. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, I think it's perfect. I love the idea of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, with all the talent that's out there, why not? Dominic James also said, what would you think about Tyler being paired with Ziggler's brother? Please, for the love of God, no. No. Yeah. Uh, no. At least at least not in that group. Um, yeah. No. Like, you want it. If you're bringing him in, like, you got to make the most of of that guy because WWE didn't. All right. So if you're putting him, such a great talent. if you're putting him in that comedic role, you're already establishing him as a comedic act. Where right. like he, as Tyler Breeze in NXT, he was comedic, but he was good. Like his act was good, and he was like a good wrestler. So and then they kind of steered that away. They jobbed him out relentlessly on Raw when he got made, moved up to the main brand. And then look, he gets tagged with uh, Fandango, and uh, then they just they just get lost in the shuffle. 
It turns into a big joke, yeah. yeah. Um, where yeah. it's like two very talented guys. I'd love to see Fandango come in. Yeah, you know, I, I I just think there's a lot of options. Marcus, uh, for, do you remember his gimmick before Fandango? I, I don't, but I know I like his ring work. Okay, it was Johnny Curtis, and um, he was a real creep. He would chloroform people. Oh boy, that doesn't age well. <laughs> no, that does not age well. But, dude, what a good-looking guy. Like, you could – I mean, I just never understood why they didn't utilize him more than just that. Both of them are, and both of them yeah. are good in the ring. Like, they're both they're both good-looking dudes. They're both very physically fit. Uh, they're both talented in the ring. And WWE just like, yeah, so screw it. Put them in this, like, uh, fashion police gimmick or whatever the thing is. Yeah. Um, uh, DJ saying, but do you give Fandango the dancing role in AEW? Fuck no. no. No, no I, completely new stuff. You let them, you find the balance of them making the most of their creativity and their own per, who they are, but then put your not your spin on it, but just channel it in the right direction. I mean, I I wouldn't mind Tyler Breeze and he coming in as a tag team. No, I would I would well, be against that too, honestly. Even, Mark, even if even if they do though, uh, you stick with that gimmick that you and I described, where it's just like. You know, these two have, have basically lost it where it's just like, you know, we were. Yeah, we you were can maybe these, do that, I think. Yeah. You can maybe do that. Because, I mean. Both of them the suffering that, nervous breakdowns. The fact that you're pairing them as a tag team again, like, just gives me the concern that they're already going to have that impression of Breeze Dango. You know what I mean? Or it's just like. Yeah. Ugh, what is with WWE, by the way, like, just doing these joint names with tag teams? Breeze Dango. Lazy, like, lazy stuff. Marcus, I get, so, show. I get cringed. Like, just cringe. When I was seeing these names, like, get released and everything like that, you know, you see their names. Like, these aren't their – these talents' names. The majority of them, they're all, like, NXT. Like, put your name – put your hand in the uh, bowl of paper and, like, pull out a name. That's what it is. Like, pull out one name. This is your first name. Pull out the next name. That's your next name. That's your yeah. NXT name. And, Horrible. like, you see all those, like, talents where they, like – Already, like, you know, uh, we'll talk about, we can talk about this guy in a second. It's Killian Dane. He already changed his name back to uh, what his uh, uh, independent name was. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just like an Austin Gray, August Gray, who, like, I knew as Anthony Green. Like, he was established as Anthony Green on the independence. They call him August Gray. I'm sorry, August Gray, which is what a bad name. It is bad. Uh, Dom, there's a couple ones I want to talk about, and then let's get back to talking Dynamite. We are two Dynamite dudes, after all. Uh, Steven just said, cut the writer who admitted don't know anything about wrestling, didn't even know who Raw Champion is. I'm sure you read about that, right, Dominic? Oh, yeah. I'd read about it. Um, I heard on the... I didn't listen to the podcast. Um, That's a very polarizing topic, is it not? Yeah, it is. But here's the thing is like, do you punish that writer for not knowing anything? Or do you punish the person who hired the writer without vetting them properly? You know, if, if, you're, coming, if you're coming into WWE, I would imagine that there's like a pretty serious uh, vetting process when it comes to uh, establishing who will or won't work on the writing or creative team. Um, so like, what kind of questions are you asking these people if they don't know who Bobby Lashley is? If they don't even know that his name is Bobby Lashley and not Bobby Ashley? Um, it's, it's problematic and it's, I mean, it's just, it speaks perfectly to what is wrong with WWE. Dominic DJ said, 
uh, or I'm sorry, this was James. He said uh, Jericho was high on Fandango, but he did say that the gimmick was limiting him. Uh, Jericho did the job for Fandango at WrestleMania, didn't he? Yes, he did. The one we went to, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I I could definitely see Fandango coming in to, to, to AEW, especially with the stroke that Jericho has there. Um, I just hope they treat him properly. I know. Well, I mean, I th- I think they would. I mean, they would definitely give them more of a shake than what WWE's given them, you know. Um, and they those guys, the thing about them is, sure, like they've been uh, downplayed to a certain type of role in WWE, but fans are so uh, engaged with those guys and have been. They know who they are for so long, and they were at points like like what you just mentioned. Fandango has been, and it was an established top top what is it top mid card talent he was top of the mid card uh you know for for a good amount of time until you know just things washed away injuries whatever and then tyler breeze like was just a big big name in nxt like one of the big names one of the names in nxt and you know then just called up the main roster and just got you know mixed up and and jobbed out so I think, you know, they could really lend themselves to being an AEW. Obviously, the roster is big, but, hey, we got Rampage coming up and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I think uh, there's just a lot you can do. Dane, Killian Dane, I, before we carry on, I do want to say, like, this guy is really good. Like, Mark, did you get to catch any of Sanity when, when that was going on? It was such an awesome faction. And yeah, I don't think so. You do, okay, do you know who was a part of this Sanity? Sanity. It was called. Well, okay. uh, wait a minute. Wasn't Eric Young? Yes. Yeah. Eric Young was the leader of it. Um, Killian Dane was a part of it. Alexander Wolf was another talent. Madman Fulton, who's now an impact, is on it. Um, geez, there's another name. Well, Nikki Cross, she was in it. Very, very cool, unpredictable, like, faction. That was awesome. Like, it was what you wanted in a faction, basically. And Eric Young just looked like fucking nuts. Like, batshit crazy nuts and so they conveyed all that and then uh dane got pushed up to the they got called up the main roster and they did jack shit with them they were immediately like basically broken up and all that stuff and then dane got pushed back down to nxt eric young got released batman fulton got released uh alexander wolf just got released a couple a few weeks ago uh so yeah uh and nikki cross is now dressed like a superhero Yeah, I mean, uh, they don't know what they're doing over there anymore, uh, and it's it's clear that that Vince is basically just starting starting to say, okay, fuck it, phone it in, you know, uh, because it's it's awful, you know. You've got a great uh, like what you just described sounds really cool. It mm-hmm. sounds like something that would have gotten over on the main roster, but instead they just like bury talent, release talent. Um, they're pretty pretty pathetic. Uh, Dominic, I'll tell you what was not pathetic. How about that transition? Um, I thought that uh, MJF got some nice old school heat during his um, his segment yes. there, especially yeah. I mean referencing you know legitimate uh, illness that uh, that D Malenko has. It's like man, uh, obviously he asked for permission beforehand i'm sure he, he spoke to dean ahead of time but you know that, that's some old school stuff especially because he was getting a little heat online for making a reference to uh to uh parkinson's disease and dean malenko yeah yeah no i mean you know i think it's okay it's okay because dean's okay with it um and dean is a pro so like and heck mjf is a pro <laughs> like so uh it it was totally fine with me i thought it did accrue some good heat and made him all the more unlikable, you know? And um, 
you know, even just how he handles himself in those brief moments. And um, uh, when the inner circle goes to attack, you know, uh, them, he, they gang up on him, but MJF doesn't do a whole lot of the, the, the dirty work. You know what I mean? <laughs> he let, he lets uh, the other two take care of it more low and spears. And uh, yeah, it was a good segment, you know, um, with him cutting the promo. And then um, I think the follow-up was pretty good too. Uh, how do you feel about Sammy versus MJF? I think it's fine. I think I'm starting to get pretty close though to being done with this feud. Um, I am all about long-term feud building, uh, which, which, you know, but uh, I don't know. We've just, we've seen a lot of it and week after week, it kind of feels like the same thing. It's like, uh, well, we get a beat down here. There's a beat down there. And Dominic, did you ever see that photo uh, from, I think it's like 1999 or something. And Hulk Hogan's wearing those Jinko jeans. You remember that photo? You're in Jenko jeans. Yeah, it's a really awful, awful photo. Uh, if any, if anybody else doesn't know what I'm talking I'm about, I'm happy that hasn't scarred my brain. I would, I would just type into Google Hulk Hogan Jenko J N C O, um, and you'll probably see this photo of him wearing those stupid, enormous leg jeans from the '90s. But that's that's what Chris Jericho is kind of starting to remind me of a little bit. It's what? just like, yeah, this this dude who's like past his prime hanging around um trying to look young and cool like that's that's what i'm starting to see when i see chris jericho i like jericho i respect what he's done in the business i think he needs to take a loss to mjf and go away for a little bit i think that well i think that's kind of what's going to happen you know because i mean he's on tour uh with fozzy and you know they're really playing up that injured elbow and stuff like that so you know, I think that's probably what's going to happen. Um, I don't, I'm, I don't agree with you on, you know, uh, past his prime or anything like that. I think he's like Marcus. It was like two weeks ago. I think before I even left for, or maybe a few weeks ago, I left for Jacksonville. I was saying like how great Jericho looked, and like, you know, he can still at 50 years old. It's pretty unbelievable. I think that he looks the way he does. You know, uh, whether that be, you know, um, just how times change. You know, like we look back and see like you know, dudes in their thirties and they look like they're 45, like back <laughs> back in like the eighties and nineties. Then here, you know, we see guys like just people look younger nowadays. Um, so yeah, I just think, I think there's just plenty for Jericho left to do. And yeah, I just think you're just, I don't know, kind of caught up in the moment. Maybe. <laughs> I, I think, I think I'm just over it with Chris Jericho, Dom. Like when it first started, when AEW first came about and uh, he was like, you know, wearing the spiky leather jacket and he was like this, this egomaniac and stuff. I was like, okay, I can get by this. Like it was great. Then he went comedy. Now he's going with like this badass like biker thing. Cause they're wearing like these weird biker vests now. They kind of, those um, vests remind me of something. I can't place it. Though. Sons of Anarchy slash Scott Hall is what they remind me of. Maybe. No, it's kind of reminds me of Savio Vega's vest, right? I guess. I don't know, but it like, I'm just, I'm, I'm starting to get pretty done with it. Uh, I'm not saying I'm fully out on it yet. I think we can still pull the nose up, but like we're, we're not trending upward with that gimmick or angle in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I would like, Parts to of it, we are, I'd like to see it kind of move on, you know. Um, I thought that it could have some legs by, you know, breaking it up in the singles matches and tag matches, and that's what they're doing. But it just seems like, I don't know, it's like we had the Spring Stampede or Stadium Stampede. We had uh, Blood and Guts, and, you know, uh, there's just been a lot of lot of that. I think, um, I don't know, it's a, 
yeah, there's if they're gonna heat it up some well, they gotta heat it up. But like Marcus, I just kind of feel maybe the follow up from last week to this week is just not wasn't my cup of tea kind of thing. Although ultimate overall, I thought they conveyed a good message with it, but it's just like some of it just didn't sit like I'm like all right with the Sammy and and MJF match, um, and like the, the FTR and Santana and Ortiz match would be great too, but. Uh, yeah, I just don't know. I think that they got to do something to charge it up a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm ready for Jericho to go away for a little bit, and let's bring him back with a new coat of paint. I, Marcus, I my idea. Oh, okay, you have your idea for Jericho? Let's hear yep. you first. Uh, back to basics, Dom, the, the Lionheart. That's what I was going to say. He's like the Lionheart again, but yep. like the, the gray Lionheart, you know? Yeah, like this this old lion who's still trying to come back after it. Uh, Dominic, uh, who was it here? Somebody just read my mind. Uh, I think it was DJ. Yeah, Ethan Page versus Barry Bronson was okay match. I'm really intrigued about the coffin match coming up. Uh, as as Cornette likes to say, uh, I think Page versus Bronson was flatter than a, pay, a plate of piss, Dom. Uh, it was... I mean, so look, the match was there to help get Paige over as more of a force in AEW, especially leading up to his uh, his feud here with Darby Allen, and it did, it worked. But like, this is the kind of match where I get up and take a leak if I'm at the event. It yeah, it didn't. It was this one was hard to keep focus on. I I do kind of agree. Like, you know, uh, I think the but what you were getting at was the point of it was like, okay, Bear Bronson's a big dude, and I think. Hey, let's show that Ethan Page can throw this guy. And the, yeah, they they told a nice little story there where Page is continuously trying to get him hooked for the uh, the ego's edge or whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I thought that that was cool. You know, we told a little story, but it was like there was just nothing to it. Just like a cold angle. Um, clearly, just trying to establish. Like I wrote, I wrote that uh, it was flatter than a plate plate of piss, and just trying to get Page over before the match concluded because I knew where the match was going. Of course, Ethan Page is going to win. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's just trying to establish him as a force in AEW, which I understand. Uh, Dominic, I also wanted to ask though. Uh, so uh, he mentioned it. You know, they're having a coffin match. Uh, does WWE trade? Have they trademarked casket match? a good point you know that didn't even dawn on me that i mean i mean i think you're kind of thinking i think if you're AEW though you're thinking coffin drop coffin match yeah um, okay so that okay well that that makes a little bit more sense to me either way i'm i'm excited about it you know i i I like gimmick matches, uh, as as evidenced in uh, WCW rewritten, where I, I tend to do a lot of gimmick matches. But I like gimmick matches. I always thought that the uh, casket match was a cool concept. And oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, who better than to have in it than somebody like Darby Allen? Hell yeah, bring yeah, him in. Yeah, it might be pretty neat. It would be. It's going to be a neat match. Um, it's going to be interesting to see just how it goes because um, you know these guys aren't the Undertaker. They're they're built differently. Uh, they have more like high flying athletic ability. Uh, it's just a different dynamic happening. Yeah, have we have we ever seen anybody in a casket match or coffin That's match? That's what I was thinking. Team? The only thing I could maybe think is that they maybe had a casket match was uh, maybe TNA with Abyss at some point. I'm just guessing. I don't even know if that's accurate or not. I don't know, dude. But you cool, know. I- cool idea though to bring it in. And yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, we're used either way. We're used to seeing like these big dark characters involved in it. And now it's like, yes, Darby's kind of a dark character, but he's like this little guy. And he's coming up against like kind of kind of like this high school jock bully, Ethan Page. Uh, so it's kind of a neat idea. 
Yeah, I liked Paige mocking a bear in the match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy's entertaining. Uh, yeah, got to give him that. Um, but yeah, you know, he said, "I'm going to put the nail in your coffin three times at the end," and it's like, okay, what are we doing here? And then, uh, then he he brought up the coffin match. I was like, oh, okay. He just wanted to say the word coffin a lot before yeah. mentioning the coffin match. He kind of reminds me of your buddy Chad, Marcus. Oh no! What an insult to Chad. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's hammer on. Uh, Steve Chambers said Statlander versus Bunny. Good match. Push Statlander. Like see Statlander versus Baker. Couldn't agree more. Um, it was it was a good match. I thought they did fine. Uh, you know, it's it was it wasn't like anything special. This wasn't a Thunder Rosa or Serena D match, but it was it was it was a good match. Uh, I think that both girls did fine, and I see a lot a lot of value in Chris Statlander, just like Steven does. Um, I, I think that she gets better every single time she goes out there. I think she kind of jumps off the screen. Uh, am I crazy that her gimmick is that she thinks she's an alien? Not really, but I don't think it hurts her. Yeah, you know, um. No, I mean, like, they don't really go too over the top with it like they kind of did at the beginning, you know. I I think, uh, you know, it's been fine how, how the, she's been portrayed at this moment. I do like the alliance between her and Orange Cassidy. I think uh, they do kind of complement one another in this weird way um, where it's like she went to get at the entryway. She was, like, going to boop Orange, and Orange is like, all right. <laughs> just doesn't and then, uh, dude, I just love that shit. But, um, yeah, I thought it was a good match. I thought, um, you know, it got Chris Statlander over. Uh, I think Bunny's a very cool character along with uh, the Blade. Um, and the, the bra- brass knuckle spot was a little bit uh, mistimed, I would think, right? Did you kind of catch that, too, where it's like uh, she Bunny gets handed the knucks, Um and then Orange pockets him. I just didn't like the pause in between that, where it's just like she just watches and then she's like kind of – it just – it didn't click that well. Yeah, I, I think it was better on paper than in execution. But they got yeah. they got the point over, and, you know, it was fine. Um, it, I mean, it wasn't a fucking masterpiece, but, you know, they, they got through it. And, you know, it looks like they're setting up a match between Orange Cassidy and uh, the Blade. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, heck, guess who's coming back? We saw it on social media. Uh, Bunkhouse Butch. Bunkhouse Butch, baby. <laughs> yeah. I love the Butcher, dude. Dude, I yeah, Marcus, yeah, I think we, you know, I mean, obviously they're setting them up with Hardy Family Office, but I think the Butcher needs a baby face, Ron. I think he does. And Dom, I'm telling you, like the old fashioned, like Jack the Ripper type character, you could get a baby face thing out of that. But think about them or uh, hell, keep him heel and think about a feud between like a Jack the Ripper type uh, butcher versus somebody like uh, like Darby Allen. That would be cool. It, would, it could it could be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I see a ton of value in the butcher. Pumped out, pumped up that he's he's making his uh, his return. But see a butcher like kind of go through a a slew of people maybe like just beat uh, a bevy of people on dark and singles action feud with the blade maybe feud with like other people the family hardy family office has like this maybe pseudo alliance with christian i'm just like coming up you know with stuff here but then like ultimately it leads to a feud with miro 
I mean, there's a lot of directions to go in. For me, I don't know. This is the old school in me. I'm like, I don't know. He's too big. I want him to be a heel because he's such a big dude. Sure, but like you want him to be the he can he can be the good guy, big monster that's looking out. He's your monster, you know, against everybody else's monster. Um, I don't know that you. It sounded like you were just describing Abyss in TNA with fucking Hulk Hogan's ring on his finger, dumb. <laughs> Um, which I get douche chills every time I think about. Uh, all right, let's let's jump into the into the main event, Dominic. The uh, the thing we're all here for. Uh, hey, so let me tell you, you know, uh, leading up to this, you and I had a lot of discussion about it, and I was like, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, as everybody has said, uh, Jungle Boy, future of the company, future World Heavyweight Champion. You know, like it, he's not going to go over here. Uh, but Kenny Omega is going to beat him, uh, but it's going to be a nice showing for Jungle Boy. But let me tell you, dude, like the buildup and then like at the start of the match where where the ref is throwing out the, the guys on yeah, both sides yeah. of the ring, I was like, it, I, it felt very much Lex Luger, Hulk Hogan on Nitro 1997, where Luger just surprisingly beats Hogan for the title. And I was like, is is Jungle oh. Boy about to win the damn title? Ooh, they got you again. They were getting yeah, you again. Dude, I was a huge mark tonight. Because I thought I was like, I think Jungle Boy might fucking go over <laughs> here. Like I, they they got me. Um, so I mean, it just by by that simple virtue of the fact they got me like that. Uh, yeah. You know, I was I was excited for this man. Like all of a sudden, I'm like I'm sitting up on my couch, like okay, oh my god, I'm about to see something huge happen here. Uh, this is gonna be history making here. Yeah. Um. But by the way, uh, and I'll let you talk about it next. But I, I do want to mention, uh, Kenny Omega coming out with all those belts. What what a sight! What a spectacle! Yeah. Uh, just an awesome thing to see very old school just like this cocky brash guy that you like you sort of want to hate but you're like fuck that guy's good you know dude you know what made me hate him was at the beginning of the match he go corners jungle boy and brushes his hair like that was pissing me off mm -hmm. <laughs> i was like that's some good shit it's making me mad i want to see jungle boy kick the son of a bitch's ass now yeah uh-huh so yeah it was good shit um yeah, uh, my prediction did not go as planned. Uh, let me tell you, as soon as he hit the one wing angel, I'm like, oh I'm boy. Like, one, two, yeah. fuck. <laughs> I wish I would have put money on it, Dom. I know. I You probably could have got 10 bucks out of me, I bet you. <laughs> I would have bet probably 10 bucks on there if that was going to happen, but it didn't. Uh, Dom Nesh is saying that she thought that he was going to go over a couple of times there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had some good, like, uh, Kenny being trapped in the snare trap, not once, but twice. And then like having to uh, pull Jungle Boy's hair and then gouge his face. You know, um, that was part of it. So, uh, yeah, I thought they did a good job. You know, um, oh, how about man. that tease? The tease of Christian cutting the promo with Jungle Boy earlier in the night made you kind of think like, uh, is Christian on his side? Right. Is, is Christian going to turn on him? Yeah. Um, well, and it, to me, uh, I, I, that hadn't even occurred. I was like, oh, they must be building toward Christian and Omega, which apparently they are. You know, Christian yeah, yeah. Made, made the save. Uh, Dominic DJ made a good point here, too. He's saying, you know, Jungle Boy's family was there. Uh, and usually that guy goes over. Um, and he's he's right in most cases. Uh, and although I do remember Bret Hart losing to Bob Backlund in front of his family. Uh, so I don't well, know. tune into anything WWE when their family's in attendance. Uh, the oh, they try to embarrass the guy, and they just try to embarrass the guy nowadays. That's what they do. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah. Uh, but you know what, Marcus? Uh, his family would be in attendance too because this is a, it's a world title match, his first world title match. So, I mean, you know, that's, yeah. what, you're, that's what you're going for there, right? Well, it was it was cool. It was exciting. They got me um, right at the start of the match. Uh, so, yeah, it was great. I think both guys performed really well. Um, it seemed like a knockdown drag out brawl. Um, a lot of times mixed with like some great finesse spots. So yeah, I mean that, that main event is everything that you want in a main event. If you're Tony Khan, uh, that hit all the, hit all the points. Um, so yeah, it was great. Uh, Dominic, let's, let's move on and talk about next week a little bit. DJ has posed the question. Well, first Steve Chambers saying jungle boy needs to change his name. Dom, you know, I've been saying that for a while. Jim Ross has been saying it for a while. Jungle Jack Perry. Let's go. Let's just pull the trigger on that. He's got a famous father, uh, who unfortunately passed away way too young. But like, take advantage. He's got a he's got a famous man's last name. You know, take advantage of that. Just call him Jungle Jack Perry. He's not a boy anymore. He's a jungle man. Uh, (laughs) DJ uh, is saying, do you guys think uh, Pillman Jr. is going to take the title off Miro next week? Uh, The Butcher should be the one to take out Miro for the title, but I'm guessing that they want Kip Sabian to take the belt from Miro when he comes back. Uh, To me, all those answers, I'm hopeful that they're all incorrect. Uh, Miro just needs to go on a long run. Um, and I, I think that they're just pairing him with Pillman because Pillman was just on national TV uh, with Dark Side of the Ring. He's got he, he's building his name equity, and it's like, hey, this is a, a good guy to to not only shine up Miro, but for Miro to shine up a little bit during this match. You know, I'm guessing that we're gonna see Pillman do a lot of like very gutsy things, like kick out of stuff that you're just like, oh, this should be over. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that that's gonna be the case. James, thanks for plugging us, dude. Appreciate yeah, yeah, it. thanks, man. Um, yeah, I would say Pillman like cut a very good baby face promo tonight. Like just um, straightforward um, was direct, but like just had a good and use, good use of vocabulary too. I thought that really stood out, but um, yeah. And it was a good contrast to what Miro was saying too. I just thought it was good. Like Miro saying like, uh, you know, uh, he's only has God. Uh, he thanks God for, you know, his wife and his flexible wife and uh, the, the TNT title and then, like, Pillman calls him out saying he has a messiah complex. I thought that was very, like, weaved in with one another very well and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I thought it was a good two, good two segments right there. Miro's getting built in a better position, like, week in and week out. And then uh, they're really establishing Pillman as, like, you know, somebody to get behind. And that's... And- and dude, uh, let me say it again. You know, when Miro first showed up, I was like, "Never give that man a mic again. Give him a mouthpiece." But uh, dude, he has been on fire. Uh, that was a great promo by him. Uh, he he keeps closing him up with these great one-liners. He said something like, um, "You know, uh, your first mistake was was thinking that you could step in the ring with somebody like me, and your set your your biggest mistake was actually doing it." Like he said something like that. I was yeah. like, "Damn, that's a great line." That's like great he's line. just got to use that at work on Monday. <laughs> the next time I get into an argument with somebody, uh, but <laughs> you're no. not in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean he's he's been great. He's been on fire nailing his promos. Uh, Dude, Miro is a star. And, uh, you know, just kind of piggybacking on what DJ asked earlier. uh, I don't want him to lose that belt. Give it to him for two years. I don't care. Uh, Have him go over everybody. And then when he finally does lose, it's that he makes somebody. You know, two years from to have him have him and Jungle Boy stay away from each other completely for two years. And then two years from now, have Jungle Boy challenge him for it and just go over him in a big surprise. Yeah, yeah, that would be good stuff. I mean, yeah, the 
and it's good too. It's like I'm thinking as like as I'm going as I'm talking, but it's like it's good that they only have a few titles, but like you also make those titles mean more if you hold on to them longer. So, yep. you know. well, uh, they called the AEW title the most protected title in the business. Somebody did. I I don't think this was on air. This was like an interview or something. Uh-huh. And uh, it is it is the most protected title in the business right now. You know, this is not a title that flip flops a lot. And of course, you know, there's some independence. And I, I believe MLW uh, Fatu has been the champion there for a long time. Yeah, but, over two years. Uh, Alexander Hammerstone's been champ for over two years. Right. So there are other more protected titles. But as far as like national television, everybody has access to it. A, a station like TNT. Like, yeah, it's it's a very well protected title. Um, and all of their titles have been well protected. They're doing a great job with that. You know, I can't believe that the Young Bucks have held their titles for it's. I think they said almost over two hundred days or something. Yeah, that doesn't I seems, thought, seems incorrect. I mean, but yeah, I, I would have thought like Kenny and Hangman held the, still the titles longer than then. They just seemed that it, their run just seemed longer, didn't it? It did, but they're doing a hell of a job uh, protecting these titles, and it it makes them mean way more i'm 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 dead serious tony khan i know you're listening live right now uh feel free to comment tony but uh yeah he leave that belt on him for two years yeah you know it makes sense oh, excuse me. it makes sense people aren't used to seeing titles uh being held on to that long but there's nothing wrong with uh getting people back in that mindset of it you know uh dom let's let's just touch on one of these kingston and penna versus, versus the bucks next week yep um cody and versus qt and a yappa pie indian strap match Bye. <laughs> miami strap match. match a miami vice strap match <laughs> it's stupid uh but I don't, it's it's kind of dusty booking so i i appreciate that aspect oh yeah it, it, it'll be a fun one i and the fact that they're in miami i think is cool um it'll be neat to see just a different venue too i mean daily's place has been awesome and like even that skyline, did you see that skyline tonight? Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful sunset going on out there. Yeah. Uh, Dom, any chance of Kingston Penn to uh, take the belts off the Bucks? I don't think so. I think if they they were to take the belts off the Bucks, it would have been Kingston and Moxley. Um, I just uh, I don't think it, that's going to be Penta and, and Eddie. Well, Moxley Moxley just had a baby. Maybe they they want to take the belts off them, and they're like, hey, let's let's put them on. Kingston and whoever. Um, but, you know, that being said, I doubt it. But I will say that, you know, the fact the the Bucks just referenced how long they've held the belts, uh, you know, it's uh, possibly, maybe. Yeah, but it could be like a thing, too, where, like, they just make reference to it. It's almost like when they first mentioned the Undertaker streak, like, it didn't mean he was going to lose it the next one. Yeah. Well, hey, either way, they're, you know, the, the mark in me comes out a little bit where I'm just yeah. like, oh, boy, does that mean that they're going to drop the belts? So, uh, Mark, so yeah, Mark is living up to the first half of his name. That's right. Uh, being a real Mark, uh, on, on the Saturday edition of AEW dynamite and Dominic, this was, uh, we're almost at an hour. This is a really nice, fun, uh, live edition of two dynamite dudes here. I think it was man. Yeah. It was, um, very productive. I feel, um, we covered some good ground in that. Um, yeah, overall, like this was a, this was a steady dynamite to lead you in back into Wednesday, I think. Um, Mark, I, I mean, it's time. I think what's, what's your Marcus's Meltzer rating for this week? I gotta say, Dominic, you know, the main event, uh, really helped to, uh, put a bow on this thing. Uh, we opened with a banger of a match. Uh, we had a really nice cruiserweight style match in the middle of it. 
Um, couple couple spots that were uh, flat, um, but for the most part, Dominic, uh, it, it was it was well executed uh, this week. Dom, I'm settling on a seven point two. Wow, way bigger than what your rating was last week. Last week it was what like a four point. I think it was five? A three. Give it like a three point three or something. I don't know. It, it was bad, but but yeah, uh, Nesha's saying eight. Steven saying eight. Um, Nesha, thank you. Uh, she's saying she loves the, the show. Uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate oh, all you guys you. joining us here yeah. all the time and commenting. You know, by all means, uh, feel free to uh, to continue to to join our chats. Feel free to you know, of course, uh, message us on the Twitter with with questions, comments, concerns. Um, we'll we'll plug that shit here again in a second. Dominic, go ahead here with DJ. Yeah, um, DJ says show got an eight for me, and I know a lot of people are probably going to say that Jungle Boy or Omega is going to be the MVP of tonight's show. In my opinion, you give it to Bear Bronson or Hangman. Their performances tonight were really was really great. Um, I thought Hangman did a very good job. Yeah, like Hangman's definitely a Bear. Uh, nah, I would say no. He wasn't really on my radar. I kind of thought not. Not anything against him because he's a relatively new talent. And he doesn't do a whole lot of singles matches, but like it just like Marcus kind of said with that match, it was just kind of like there, and it wasn't. Um, it was more to get Ethan over, but uh, there was just some. I don't know. Things just didn't really click for me to that for so much for that match. I think. Um, well, uh, Dom, who is your MVP? Yeah, you know. It just was a very, like, just the whole, I think I just got to give it to Jungle Boy. I think, um, you know, he's just the obvious one. And, um, you know, it was very heavily focused on him as it should have been. And, um, yeah, I thought the main event was really good. And that um, him and Kenny complimented one another well. And they they just, like, made a good moment of it all. Um, Who was yours? I've I've got to pull the trigger on Powerhouse Hobbs, man. Um, the the heat that he got at the start of that um, is pretty old school stuff, and yeah, just kind of like that electric. You could feel the electricity crackling when uh, when he and Paige stepped in the ring together, and they were kind of like talking shit. Um, and you could like kind of feel the crowd starting to get up for it. You know what yeah. I mean? And and it's hey, you can't you can't pay to have that kind of reaction. Um, so yeah, I I think that it's it's got to go to. Uh, to powerhouse Hobbs, uh, DJ is also mentioning Dante Martin. I thought he did a great job, very smooth. Yeah, um, had a really cool looking like he did like a double uh, uh, springboard off the ropes yeah. and did a very smooth, easy, cool looking moonsault afterwards. Um, so yeah, you know it's uh, I I got to stick with powerhouse Hobbs, but you know there were a lot of people that, that came out of this looking good. Yeah, there was Marcus. We didn't even mention uh, Vicky Guerrero. Um, and, and that promo going on. It, well, we did mention her with Andrade, but like the Nyla Rose and Britt Baker thing, they're teasing up the tag. What do you think of that real quick before we sign off on here? Yeah, I thought it was good. You know, Britt Baker, every time she's on the screen, she's she captivates, gets my attention. Um, you know, so it's there's something to be said there. Uh, it, when Vicky came out, my wife happened to be in the room at the time uh, when she came out for Andrade. And uh, she was like, I hate her. Yeah, it's like she remembered her from uh, her WCW days and the or WWE days and the whole excuse me thing. Yeah. So she was like, Ugh. And I was like, that's the exact response she that's wants. The so, point. so, yeah, she's nailing it. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. Um, it'll be intriguing to see how they play that out. I wonder what their announcement is. What is their announcement? I don't know. DJ just said that Trent had a successful surgery. Was Is that it? 
Oh no. Well, Mark, that yeah, did you see some of that? Like he had this uh oh my gosh, what is spinal stenosis or something? Oh, I did not know that. And like he had yeah, he had a neck fusion or something there, you know. It's that's I mean, that's what Seamus had, and like there's a lot of questions of like Seamus coming back. Like I, I think Christian had that as well. And doesn't Sting have that too, I think. I don't know. Clearly, clearly you can come back. It's just a matter of if you're going to come back as, yeah. as equal to more than or greater than or less than. So, uh, you know, I'm sure somebody like Trent, he's going to put in the work uh, to he's, come back. He's a smart better. worker, so I think he can, he'll be able to, you know, make the accommodations if need be and, you know, just kind of do that thing, you know? Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, man. Um, neck contusion. Uh, cool. All right. So, Marcus, uh, how do they follow you on Twitter there? Champ? Yeah, you can follow me um, as as James uh, so graciously pointed out. Uh, you can follow me at Marcus P. D'Angelo on Twitter. You can also follow this podcast uh, at 2, the number 2, Dynamite Dudes. Uh, you can also follow our other podcast, uh, which we're recording tomorrow. We're actually not recording. We're going live with it tomorrow, Dominic. Yes. Um, it is uh, WCW Rewritten. It's the night after Uncensored 1998. And, Dominic, there's some big things happening always there yeah uh you can follow that at wcw rewritten dominic how do they follow you how do they follow wrestlezone yeah you can follow me on twitter at dominic d'angelo you can follow wrestlezone on twitter at wrestlezone.com you can go to wrestlezone.com for all your wrestling news needs uh i have a couple interviews lined up don't want to reveal quite next uh quite yet what they are one is very uh unique and the what uh, wrestling interview i imagine you have never heard before uh, is one of them. And then, uh, yeah, we got a pretty good name maybe in the mix here, too, that will be revealed uh, once it happens. Yeah, we might have to do, like, a little special edition of Two Dynamite Dudes if, if things work out the way that we want. But, uh, but yeah, uh, possibly a, uh, a significant name joining the D'Angelo brothers here on the podcast. Yes, yeah, it should be pretty cool. So uh, hard, hard to get more significant than uh, when we had Thunder Rosa on the pod, Dom. But uh, but who knows? Maybe we, maybe we can outdo ourselves. I don't know. Thunder Rosa. That's that's, that's, I in, think that's in, in my world. That's going to be a rough one to beat. Yep. So stay tuned, guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Marcus, anything else you want to say before we sign yeah. the fuck off? I just want to say thanks to you guys. Nesha saying she follows us on Twitter. Uh, Steven is saying it was a great show. You know, we appreciate all you guys joining yeah. us all the time um, and all of your comments. Uh, we love interacting with you guys. So please, by all means, you know, if you've got any questions, comments, anything you'd like to say, anything you'd like us, us to address on the show, even if it's off topic, we don't care. Um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll jump in and, and talk about it. So yeah, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate everybody. Yep. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll, uh, See you tomorrow if you're a WCW rewritten person. If you're not, we'll see you next week, huh? All right, guys. Take care.